Chapter 1 of The Faith of Our Fathers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Faith of Our Fathers by James Cardinal Gibbons. Chapter 1 The Blessed Trinity, the Incarnation, etc. The Catholic Church teaches that there is but one God, who is infinite in knowledge, in power, in goodness, and in every other perfection, who created all things by his omnipotence, and governs them by his providence. In this one God there is three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, who are perfectly equal to each other. We believe that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, is perfect God and perfect man. He is God, for he is over all things, God blessed forever. He is God of the substance of the Father, begotten before time, and he is man of the substance of his mother, born in time, out of love for us, and in order to rescue us from the miseries entailed upon us, by the disobedience of our first parents, the divine word descended from heaven, and became man in the womb of the Virgin Mary, by the operation of the Holy Ghost. He was born on Christmas Day, in a stable at Bethlehem. After having led a life of obscurity for about thirty years, chiefly at Nazareth, he commenced his public career. He associated with him a number of men who are called apostles, whom he instructed in the doctrines of the religion which he established. For three years he went about doing good, giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, healing all kinds of diseases, raising the dead to life, and preaching throughout Judea the new gospel of peace. On Good Friday he was crucified on Mount Calvary, and thus purchased for us redemption by his death. Hence, Jesus exclusively bears the titles of Savior and Redeemer, because there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. He was wounded for our iniquities, he was bruised for our sins, and by his bruises we are healed. We are commanded by Jesus, suffering and dying for us, to imitate him by the crucifixion of our flesh, and by acts of daily mortification. If anyone, he says, will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. Hence we abstain from the use of flesh meat on Friday, the day consecrated to our Savior's sufferings, not because the eating of flesh meat is sinful in itself, but as an act of salutary mortification. Loving children would be prompted by filial tenderness, to commemorate the anniversary of their father's death, rather by prayer and fasting than by feasting. Even so, we abstain on Fridays from flesh meat, that we may, in a small measure, testify our practical sympathy for our dear Lord, by the mortification of our body, endeavoring, like St. Paul, to bear about in our body the mortification of Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our bodies. The cross is held in the highest reverence by Catholics, because it was the instrument of our Savior's crucifixion. It surmounts our churches and adorns our sanctuaries. We venerate it as the emblem of our salvation. Far be it from me, says the Apostle, 
to glory save in the cross of our lord jesus christ we do not of course attach any intrinsic value to the cross this would be sinful and idolatrous our veneration is referred to him who died upon it it is also a very ancient and pious practice for the faithful to make on their person the sign of the cross saying at the same time in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost tertullian who lived in the second century of the christian era says in all our actions when we come in or go out when we dress when we wash at our meals before retiring to sleep we form on our foreheads the sign of the cross these practices are not commanded by a formal law of scripture but tradition teaches them custom confirms them faith observes them by the sign of the cross we make a profession of our faith in the trinity and the incarnation and perform a most salutary act of religion we believe that on easter sunday jesus christ manifested his divine power by raising himself to life and that having spent forty days on earth after his resurrection instructing his disciples he ascended to heaven from the mount of olives on the feast of pentecost or whit sunday ten days after his ascension our lord sent as he had promised his holy spirit to his disciples while they were assembled together in prayer the holy ghost purified their hearts from sin and imparted to them a full knowledge of those doctrines of salvation which they were instructed to preach on the same feast of pentecost the apostles commenced their sublime mission from which day accordingly we date the active life of the catholic church our redeemer gave the most ample authority to the apostles to teach in his name commanding them to preach the gospel to every creature and directing all under the most severe penalties to hear and obey them he that heareth you heareth me and he that despiseth you despiseth me and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me and lest we should be mistaken in distinguishing between the true church and false sects which our lord predicted would arise he was pleased to stamp upon his church certain shining marks by which every sincere inquirer could easily recognize her as his only spouse the principal marks or characteristics of the true church are her unity sanctity catholicosity and apostolacy which may be added the infallibility of her teaching and the perpetuity of her existence i shall treat successively of these marks end of chapter one